And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the savvy Lisa Wolf. She is on vacation, and my brother Vince is pitch-hitting. In this hour, we'll present a Western episode of Frontier Gentlemen from 1958. But first, it's Name That Beatles Tune. I will play short clips from popular Beatles songs, and a Hollywood 360 listener contestant and my brother Vince will try to name that Beatles tune. That's how it works, right, bro? Got it. All right, Larry, are you there? I'm here. How are you, Larry? Good evening, Carl. Good evening, Vince. I'm doing evening. fine, thank you. Oh, boy, he sounds smart, bro. You're, uh, yeah, you I'm, are in I'm trouble. I'm in trouble, big time. You are in he trouble. He sounds like a Beatlemania. Yeah, he's Little a... Little Beatlemaniac. Yeah. Are you, Larry? You know the Beatles pretty well? <laughs> that, that's... It, it, I was around in 64 when they were doing this. I was probably 12 years old, but... Uh, I probably don't remember very well anymore because I am getting old. Well, well, that's about my age, we too, all are. Yeah. Uh, I know. You know, I, I'm going to just give you a fair warning. I knew my brother is really good at the Beatles, so I didn't pick, yeah. like, their, you know, super, super top songs. So yeah. uh, put your thinking cap on, all right? Let's start things it. out. Here's how it works. We're going to play a little clip from the song, and... and you have a chance to listen and then shout it out. Just shout out the name, and whoever shouts it out first gets that one. Okay, that's how it works. You ready, Larry? Will do. All right, here we go. Here's song number one. Being alive. Wow, yeah. Larry. All right. Wow, good job, Larry. He got it. It's a great song. It is. Let's enjoy a few seconds of it here. All right, Larry is up. One zip. Okay? I told you Larry sounded smart, bro. I'm in trouble. All right. All right, that was the first one. Great Beatles tune there. All right, here is uh, the second song. Oh, darling. Wow. Larry. Yeah, I can't. I I'm know sorry, all these dude. songs. I just can't think of the name. Yeah, well... Larry knows his stuff. Yeah, he man. does. Very good. All right, let's listen a few seconds here. Hello. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Sing it, Larry. You don't want me to do that, Carl. <laughs> All right. Time for song three. All right, bro, you better get going here. Take some Prevagen. All right, here is song number three. Oh, 
I can't think of the name. God, I could sing the, every word in this song, but I don't know the name. Yeah. Name with you, right, Larry? I'm having a block on this one. I really am. Hmm. Drawing a blank. So am I. I could, I could sing along with it. I don't want to sing, yeah. but I, yeah. I got all the lyrics, but I just can't place the yeah. title. Same here. I am the walrus. You missed it. Yeah. There we go. I am the walrus. You guys missed it. All right. So that's okay. That's okay. All right. Larry's up two. Krabby Brothers zero. All right. Here is uh, song four of the Beatles. Had you come some other day, then it might not have been like this. But you see now I'm too much in love. If I needed someone. There you go. Okay. Which album is that off of? Do you know, I Carl? don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. I don't know. Man, I got to go back and start listening to more Beatles songs. Well, you know, they had so many hits. It's not easy. I mean, there was, I mean, they had so many songs yeah, out I could there. Sing all, I could sing them all almost, but I can't yeah. get the name. Yeah. All right, we got two more. All right, so here's right. Uh, here's the fifth one. You ready, bro? You got to get both of these. Otherwise, uh, yeah. Larry's got you beat here. All right, here's number five. Let the rain wash the wind has left a pool of tears crying for the day. Winding Road. Yes, Larry. Yeah. Yeah. And a boy, Larry. Larry, you got it. The Long and Winding Road. Yeah. Larry is up three. Sorry, bro, you're zero right I'm, now. I'm done. You are a zero. All right, we have one more song. You know, try to get one. My gosh, Vince. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's song number six. I'm gonna hold your hand. You got it, Larry. You know what? That's my favorite Beatles song, and I couldn't name it. What's I wanna wrong hold with you? I want to hold your hand. Is my favorite Beatles. Well, I told you Larry was smart. Larry, oh, I sat in front of a black and white TV watching this on Ed Sullivan. Did you? Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's right. That is so great. Good job, Larry. I'll say, Larry. You got uh, four out of six, my friend. That's pretty darn good. Well, Carl and I just, I'd almost tie this. Come on, man. He oh, was. Oh, I didn't get any. <laughs> Larry, no charity. Larry, I'm going to send you a uh, four CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas. I hope you love it. And, Appreciate uh, it. You're a great player. Call back again. It's a pleasure Thank having you on, my good friend. Evening. You too, buddy. When we Bye-bye. come back, it's. Frontier Gentlemen, good Western adventure with John Daner, so stick around. Yeah, you.
More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, we're going to listen to Frontier Gentlemen. It's a great series, um, but I was always, I really could never figure this out. When you think about it, you know, John Daner starred as J.B. Kendall, a reporter for the London Times. So he was, um, he was from across the pond, right, and he came here. To uh, to study America in the 1800s during you know the the old West days, but I would think that they would have hired like someone who really was English, but they didn't. They they hired an American actor, and he had, he does a slight English accent on it. He does a nice who was job. the actor? J- uh, John Daner. Oh, John, you know, John Daner. Yeah, yeah, John Daner. And um, so this reporter J. B. Kendall came from London to America and met, uh, you know, Jesse James and Calamity Jane and Wild Bill Hickok. And he was proficient with a gun as he was proficient with a pen. It was a good series. And uh, it was produced uh, by Norman MacDonald, who produced a lot of the, you know, produced Gunsmoke and and all these uh, great shows. Supporting casts were the best in the business. Harry Bartell, Virginia Gregg, Stacey Harris, Joseph Kearns, Jeanette Nolan. It was on the air only one season, but it was really, really well done because it it came very late. It started in 1958, you know, so TV was really taking over. Radio was dying out a little bit. Yeah. Video killed the radio star. I mean, that's what that song was all about. So we have a broadcast for you now, June 1st, 1958, called Duel for a School Marm. Here's John Daner as J.B. Kendall on Frontier Gentlemen. One of the prettiest women I've met in the West was very nearly the cause of violence and carnage. And to this day, I don't think she knows why. Frontier Gentlemen. Herewith, an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. Now starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. One of the first things I noticed in Laramie, Wyoming Territory, was the intense rivalry between that town and Cheyenne on the other side of the Laramie Mountains. One read the bitter attacks and counterattacks in the opposition newspapers. One heard it on the streets. At the time I arrived in Laramie, gold had been discovered in the mountains to the south, and there was great rejoicing in this fact, which threatened to eclipse Cheyenne's claim of superiority. In the interest of fair reporting, I decided to visit the mining area with the idea of making comparisons between it and that which I had seen in Montana Territory. It was about midday when I saw the sign by the side of the trail reading Rottenhead Gulch, 
and a few minutes after that when I arrived at a cluster of shacks which constituted said township. I noticed three men outside an edifice which bore the legend Dirty Charlie's Saloon. Good afternoon. Howdy. Sloan's closed. Oh? Yeah, voting day. Oh, I see. You voted yet? Uh, well, no. Uh, Buck, get out voting paper. Uh, got it right here, Jim. Right here, mister. <laughs> I'm not a member of your community. Does that make a difference? Well, you're a human man. That's all the difference we need. Hey, Shorty, get off from the table. Let the stranger sit comfortable like. <laughs> all right, set, mister. Oh. Well, Make your mark, or you can write it out proper, ref, and you know how. Uh, one small point. Uh, what am I voting for? Or whom? You're voting for the school, Mom. That's what and who. Oh. And do I vote yes or no? Well, you vote yes, mister. You vote no, you're liable to end up lying toes down. Hey, you ain't been sent by them no good goose creek boys, have you? No, I've come from Laramie. Mm. Left there this morning. That's all right, then. Look here. It, it's not that I mind voting, but I'd like to know something about it. Well, he told you, mister. Shut your it's mouth, Shorty. A... Man's got a right to know. That's legal. Well, sir, now it's this way. We got a school mom, Rottenhead Gulch. And a school district in Laramie, give her, and we aim to keep her. She's the prettiest thing you ever did see. Uh, Shorty... I'm telling you now, hobble your lip. Well, she is, ain't she, Buck? Oh, man, she is a cow bunny, and that's for sure. <sighs> now, like I say, we aim to keep her, and ain't no Goose Creek coyotes going to get her. And that's how come the vote. Now, the school district says if Goose Creek gets more votes than Rottenhead Gulch, she's going to be sent there. Ah, uh, now I see. So you vote yes. But, um... Is it legal? Well, sure it's legal. Of course oh, it's yeah. Look here, I'm in charge of voting. I say it's legal. <laughs> Anybody comes this here town on voting day is a citizen of Rottenhead Gulch. Honorable like. Now, as mayor, I make you a citizen. Now you vote. All right. Hey, Buck, where that's a writing quill? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? We ain't had no voting since this morning Guess maybe I left it in the saloon. We'll go get it. Sure, Jim. You know, I'm rather surprised to find a school teacher out here. I mean, uh, in a mining town as small as this, uh, are there many children? Oh, shucks, mister. There ain't no kids around sure here. Shorty, that... one of these here days, that leaky mouth of yarn is going to get you a case of slow. Well, it's a truth, Jim. A schoolteacher with no children to teach? Rather odd, isn't it? Well, now, sir, ain't nothing odd about it. <clears throat> we aim to get us some kids as soon as we get us some women to marry up with and have the kids. But how did the school district assign her here in the first place? Well, ain't nobody asked to find out. They did, and she's here, and she's going to stay. She's been learning us. There's 20 of us. Goes to school every night after work's done. Ain't that so, Jim? Yet there's a fact, mister. Now, maybe we ain't kids... But ain't but five of us can read and write so as you could notice it. And we figure we got a right to learn as well as any kid. Oh, I quite agree. But tell me, where does one meet this schoolteacher of yours? Well, 
I seen her a while back down to the creek washing some woman things. I found it, Jim. Right here. Here's a writing quill. Where that's ink? Oh. You know something? I want to tell you, that there buck, <clears throat> well, school ain't going to do him no good. You know, he ain't got enough brains to start with. <laughs> well, how many votes will you need to keep her here? Well, more than Goose Creek, that's for sure. You see, we got 20 votes in Rottenhead Gulch. Goose Creek's got maybe 30. So we just got to vote more than they do, so when the votes is counted, then we'll win. Hmm. Who, um, counts the votes? Oh, back in Laramie. Well, as soon as the day is finished, we seal up the voting boxes and we take them up to Laramie. But won't they know that you've uh, enlarged your voting? They must be aware of the population here. Shucks, no such thing. We just got to be sure we got more signed votes in Goose Creek. That's all. And how will you know that? Well, right now it is kind of a problem. I got the ink, Jim. Right here. Thing. There you go, mister. Good afternoon, boys. Well, now, good afternoon, Miss Jones. Howdy there. I've met this gentleman. Well, no, ma'am. He's just rode in. As soon as he's finished this business, he's going to be riding right out again. Miss Jones, isn't it? Yes. My name is Kendall, Miss Jones. J.B. Kendall. How do you do, Mr. Kendall? I have been uh, hearing quite a bit about you, Miss Jones. Oh, have you? I'd like very much to talk to you as soon as I've voted. Voted? But you can't vote. James Ponder. Oh, now, ma'am, this here is men's work and I will and not you... have a dishonest ballot. I told you that before. Oh, it ain't really dishonest, Miss Jones. Jim made this fella an honorable citizen of Rottenhead Gulch, didn't you, Jim? Well, sure. I'm very sorry, Mr. Kendall, but you cannot vote. Well, ma'am, you just don't understand these here political things. I understand that you're trying to stuff the ballot box, and I will not have it. Has everybody in town voted? Oh, yes, ma'am. We sure have. Then in my presence, I want you to seal the box. Oh, Miss Jones. Oh, look, we can't do that. Look here, now, it, it ain't legal. Yeah, not till sundown. It just ain't legal. That's what it says right here in these here instructions from the school district in Laramie. Now, it just ain't legal. Not till sundown. If everybody's voted, it's legal. Seal the box. Yes, ma'am. That just don't seem right. Some of the other fellas didn't get to vote. Shorty, can you help me seal up this here now thing? Now, Miss Jones, uh, why don't you take Mr. Kendall and show him the schoolhouse? <laughs> I figure he'd like to see that. As a matter of fact, I would. All right. And no more voting. Is that understood? Oh, oh Miss Jones, you, Ms. I understand Jones. for sure. This way, Mr. Kendall. Are you a minor, too? <laughs> no. I'm a newspaper correspondent for the London Times. Isn't that strange? I had a feeling, not exactly, but you're very much like my brother. He's a reporter on a Nebraska paper. How strange. Gave me quite a start when I first saw you. Miss Jones, how long have you been here? In Rottenhead Gotch, three months. Weren't you surprised to find no children? Yes. Of course, they kept it from me for almost two weeks. I think I can understand why. Can you really, Mr. Kendall? Oh, I see. You mean because they wanted to learn themselves? Yes, you're right. And that's why you decided to stay? Yes. I suppose you think it curious that a woman devote her time to teaching 20 grown men. Not curious. Unusual, perhaps. 
This is the schoolhouse, Mr. Kendall. The men built it. They built the desks, benches, everything. Would you like to come inside? Very much. They even built a wooden floor, Mr. Kendall. Wooden floors are quite rare in these mining towns. I'm impressed more than I can say, Miss Jones. They have a great desire for education. I couldn't leave them. Not after they worked so hard to build this. And now? Unfortunately, word reached the people of Goose Creek that there was a school teacher here. They are a slightly larger community and feel that the school district board should assign me to their town. Besides which, there are two children in Goose Creek. I see. The board decided to have it settled by a vote. If enough residents of Goose Creek require my services and outvote the men of Rottenhead Gulch, I shall have to obey the decision of the board. Well, aren't there other teachers available? Yes, but that's the strange part of it. Neither town will accept anyone but me. Of course, I'm flattered, but I can't see that it really makes any difference. Can you? Well, yes, in a way. You see... Here she is, boys. You, mister, elevate your hands high. <gasps> We don't aim to hurt you none, Miss Jones. You just come along with us and everything will be right fine. Mr. Kendall. Now, look here. Take care of him, Wes. I'll do that. All right. That's the first portion of Frontier Gentlemen starring John Daner. This is called Duel for a School Marm from June 1st, 1958. And there were still... Radio dramas going on in the late 1950s, even into the 1960s. Some of these radio shows, believe it or not, lasted until the mid, well, early 1960s, like Suspense and Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. We have episodes since 1962 and 1963. Yeah. But as we talked about earlier, video killed the radio star and um, they were um, they were gone. Gone but not forgotten, and our show, Hollywood 360, keeps them alive. That's we, right. We air five shows every single week right here on uh, on our program, and it's our honor, believe me. We'll get back to uh, Frontier Gentlemen starring John Daner from 1958. Uh, my crabby brother Vince Amari, hinch-hitting for the vacationing Lisa Wolf. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. I want to tell you about a very special offer we have that involves my book. And I know you like my book, 
a 224-page coffee table book, the 100 classic radio shows. I think you have one, right? I do. I like it. You know, and um, it's a big coffee table book. I uh, co-wrote it with Martin Grams, who is an expert on the golden age of radio. And it took us about a year, and it has tons and tons, and I mean tons of photos in it. Full-color book. And Great we, book. Thank you. And we uh, we um, surveyed about 40 or 50 people in the old-time radio, classic radio uh, community, and we said, give us your 100 best shows. You know, tell us what your 100 best series are. And we um, we called it all down, and, of course, Suspense is in there, The Shadow, Jack Benny, and on and on. And then we uh, wrote, uh, you know, a lot of uh, history on each one of those series, when it started, who the sponsors were, who the stars were. And then we found great photos, a lot of these photos you've never seen before. And we put it all in this big 224-page full-color coffee table book. It weighs like five pounds. It's a big book. And we sell it for only twenty nine ninety nine. I mean, it has. It, you look at the book, and it's like you would think it's like a hundred dollar book. Well, it's a great conversation piece. I got to say that. Yeah, and it's. Uh, it also has three CDs in the back with six classic radio shows in the back binder, and then you can digitally download seventy two more shows. We give you a uh, you know a website where to go and download the show, so you can be reading about the show. Let's say Jack Benny, and then digitally download an episode. And then we have a special. It's called the Classic Radio Lovers Bundle. You get the book, uh, which is a twenty nine ninety nine book. You get ten more CDs with ten hours, twenty shows. We include ten more CDs. That alone is a forty dollar value for only twenty nine ninety nine. So you get uh, for the price of the book, we'll send you ten more CDs along with the book. Um, not a bad deal. It's called the Classic Radio Lovers Bundle. Just go to our website if you would like to order this. A lot of people have. It's Hollywood360radio.com. Hollywood360radio.com. Get the top 100 classic radio shows, the three CDs in the binder, plus an additional 10 CDs for only $29.99 plus shipping and handling. A very informative book. I'm glad you like it, bro. Yes. All right, we're listening to Frontier Gentlemen, and the good news is we're going to have some time in the um, in this hour. So right after Frontier Gentlemen, we'll also be playing a five-minute mystery, five-minute mystery for you. But we'll break after uh, uh, Frontier Gentlemen and introduce the five-minute mystery. But now the conclusion to Duel for a School Marm on Frontier Gentlemen. And now we return you to the Anthony Ellis production of Frontier Gentlemen. I seem to remember a great roaring in my ears, which, as I awoke, turned out to be the voice of James Ponder. He was kneeling over me, and seeing my eyes open, redoubled his efforts to pour a great dollop of foul-tasting whiskey down my throat. Come on, candle, it'll clear your head. No, no, don't. There you go. I don't need it. No. What happened? Please. Yeah. <laughs> what? Hey, where is she, Candle? Help me up, will you? Well, where is she? We heard horses, and when we got here, there wasn't nobody except you. Yeah. <laughs> there were... There were three or four men. Masked. They'd taken her. Well, 
Who was he? I don't know. Except there was a father and son. The older man called the other Wes. Uh, Wes? Jim, that's Wes over to Goose Creek. Yeah, Stomp Peter's son, Wes. I might have noted. You reckon they carried her off to beat the vote? That's what they done. What good would it do? Well, I'll tell you what good. They figured they got more votes than we got, and even if we maybe voted more times than them, they got her in Goose Creek. And by the time the school district gets around eyeballing around and maybe a recount, well, it'll be two, maybe three months. And by then, there's going to be a new school district board in, and the whole blame thing will have to start up again. Ooh, that no-account stomp, Peters, he's about as welcome as a, a, a rattler in, in a dog town. I dally your tongue, Shorty. I'll go fetch them other boys out of the hills. we got to do something about this. Oh, we sure have, Jim. I tell you, ain't no goose crick sidewinder going to rustle our school, Mom. All right, hit the breeze, Shorty. And you too, Buck, tell the boys to wear shooting irons. This here's going to be a powder-burning contest. An hour later, 20 men, hard-bitten miners, some of them young, others grizzled, all armed to the teeth, were gathered in Dirty Charlie's saloon. Their mood was black, and it became blacker as Jim Ponder spoke to them. That's Tom Peters. He's a no-good bullwindy oily bronc. He come here looking for our school, Mom, and he snatches her clean out of Rottenhead Gulch. Well, he ain't gonna get away with it. Cause we're going over to Goose Creek, and we're gonna shoot up that there place like you never seen. And we're gonna get Miss Jones right back where she belongs, yeah? Where she belongs. And when we get through with Stone Peters and that dingbat son of his... We're going to use them to trim a tree, yeah? yeah. Trim a tree. All right, now get your horses, boys, and rattlehawks out of here. You got them, Mr. Kendall? Oh, certainly. Likely they'll be shooting. How far is it to Goose Creek? Oh, about half a mile. All right, now, let's go! Don't you imagine they'll be expecting you? Why, sure they'll be expecting us. It's going to be a real shoot-up. Wouldn't it have been better to surprise them? What for? They know we'd be coming after them. Supposing she gets hurt. Uh, well, now, you know, I didn't think of that. Hey, you figure maybe. With shooting, there's a chance. Boys, you hear what Kendall here says? Well, we don't want the school mom hurt. So you watch where you're shooting at, you hear? All right, now, we're going to take it real slow. Just around the next turn. All right, yeah. Hey, Kendall, you and me, we're going to keep an eye out for Miss Jones. Either one of us eyeballs her gets out of there fast, you hear? Right. There they are. Hey, looky at that there, Kendall. Right in the middle of the street. Like you say, looks like they've been expecting us. Came upon Goose Creek with abrupt suddenness. The trail rounded a bend and became an elongated clearing lined on both sides with shacks, perhaps a half dozen more than existed in Rottenhead Gulch. Between the dwellings and in the middle of the street were piled boxes, barrels, and two overturned wagons. Behind this barricade, we could see the figures of men and a reflection of sunlight on steel. Up to this point, even with my headache, the affair had been rather difficult to take seriously, but the complexion had radically changed. 
When we were no more than 20 yards from the defenders, Jim Ponder held up his hand. Uh, oh, 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 everybody. Yeah, stop, Peter. What do you want, Ponder? We come to get Miss Jones and take her back to her rightful home. She's in her rightful home, just where she is. And you're a liar. You want to start trouble? We ain't going back without the school, Marm. Maybe you ain't going back because you'll be shaking hands with St. Peter. Let me talk to him. This ain't no time for chewing the cud. Let's start throwing lead. Shorty, shut your mouth, will you? They're in a better position than we are. Why, shucks, we could ride right over them. If you lived that long. What's the matter, boys? Afraid to take the big jump? Come out, Peters. You can bring another man with you. Jim Ponder and I'll meet you between the lines. Who are you? The chap who was with Miss Jones. I told you, Pa. I told you he wasn't dead. All right. You and Ponder get off your horses. Come forward slow. You watch it, Jim. Now, don't you fret. Hey, boys. Hey, start something. You go in and finish it, yeah? Well, oh, let's go, Kendall. What's your name, mister? Kendall. This here's my boy, Wes. We figured he'd killed you. I told you I didn't, Pa. What do you got to say? Where's Miss Jones? In the schoolhouse we got built for her. Is she all right? Sure, she's all right. Ain't nobody gonna hurt that pretty gal. No, sir. We ain't take her back, Stomp Peters. You're off your mental reservation if you think you can do it, Ponder. You ain't got no right to school, ma'am, no how. Well, there ain't a kid in that broken-down, flea-bitten town of yours. Well, that don't matter. We aim to get some by and by. School district, give her to us. We just outvoted you. She's ours now. You better set your gun a going, Stomp Peters. Well, that what you want? I'm willing. Draw. Now, wait, wait. That won't settle anything. Well, I've never seen a better way. You get him, Pa. Cut down this here Kendall fella. Young man, I owe you something for that clout on the head, but I have no desire to kill you. <laughs> now, both of you, keep your hands in sight. You too, Jim. Huh? Hey, what's ailing you, mister? I'm on your side. Then keep your gun holster. There's no need for shooting. Peters, tell one of your men to bring Miss Jones out here. I ain't gonna do it. Hey, Sam, go get the school, ma'am. Bring her out. Just what you got in mind, Kendall. You'll see. Well, it better be good. Of course, if it ain't, if and Stomp Peter's boys don't get you, me or mine will. Ain't nobody pulls a gun on me and gets away with it. I think it's for the best. What are you men doing? Well, howdy, howdy, ma'am. We come to get you out of this here pest hole. (laughs) We come to save you. I've had enough of this nonsense. First, I'm forced to accompany Mr. Peters against my will. Now your men are lined up waiting to kill each other. I will not have it. Do you understand? Uh, Yes, ma'am. Mr. Kendall, put away that gun. All of you, put down those guns. All right, boys. Heard what she said. Now, pull them away. Now, Mr. Kendall, I should be obliged if you will escort me back to Laramie. Laramie? You're going to go back to Laramie? Oh, she's going to Laramie. Oh, Miss Jones. It's gone too far. If this is the example, you set your children. Uh, Miss Jones, c- could I have a word with you in private? I really don't see that that well, would... Well, I think you will. Gentlemen, if you'll excuse us. Oh, she can't go back to Laramie. You said you could have her. Looks like there ain't nobody going to have her no more. Forgetful, oh, forgetful grammar. Double, triple negatives. Miss oh. Jones, there may be a solution, if you're willing. 
I don't see any way. I really don't. If they could share you? Share me? No, I mean your teaching. The towns are only a half mile apart. It might be possible. No, Mr. Kendall. My mind's made up. Today is the final straw. Miss Jones, think of the schoolhouse in Rottenhead Gulch. You know, it was rather touching. They've built a schoolhouse for me here in Goose Creek as well. The floor isn't quite as good, but... They need you, Miss Jones. You think so? I do. Look at them. They are like children, aren't they? <laughs> Very much like children. I think perhaps you're right, Mr. Kendall. But I wonder what the school district board will think. Well, I imagine a joint petition from both towns ought to settle the problem. Yes. Yes, very likely. All right. If the men will agree to your plan... I'm sure they will. All right. I'll stay. Mr. Kendall? Yes? While I was being held captive, a rather... Terrible thought occurred to me. It is the education that I can give them, isn't it? I mean, there are no baser thoughts involved. Perhaps because I am a woman? Miss Jones, were it not for the fact that I have already completed my school and university curricula, I should not hesitate to avail myself of the opportunity to better my education. Thank you, Mr. Kendall. You've relieved my mind. The matter was settled most amicably, and readers of the London Times will be interested to know that an extraordinarily pretty woman by the name of Miss Annabella Jones is now entrusted with the education of some 53 adults and two children in the mining towns of Goose Creek and Rottenhead Gulch in Wyoming Territory. Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Jack Crucian, Virginia Gregg, Vic Perrin, Jack Moyles, Harry Bartell, and Eddie Firestone. This episode of Gunsmoke proves no gambling stakes were too high along the frontier. For thrill upon thrill, hear what happens in the pioneer days of Dodge City when a man's life hangs upon the outcome of a horse race. That's on CBS Radio's Gunsmoke later on today. Join us again next week for another report from The Frontier Gentleman. Dan Coverley speaking. That's Frontier Gentleman. Uh, he was really a, he was a gentleman, that guy. You know that Frontier Gentleman, <laughs> right, bro? June I guess. 1st, 19- <laughs> I guess he was. A he gentleman. was. He was quite a gentleman. 1958 duel for a school marm. John Daner starring. 
Great cast, Jack Crucian, Virginia Gregg, Vic Perrin, Jack Moyles, Harry Bartell, Eddie Firestone. This was produced, created, and written by Anthony Ellis. I think earlier I said Norman McDonald, but that was, um, that was a mistake. Anthony Ellis was the producer-director. Great series, Frontier Gentlemen. Only lasted one season, unfortunately. It just came too late um, to radio's life. I mean, radio was really on a ventilator by this point. Yeah, you know? it was on decline, yes. You know? um, we have some time, so I thought we'd play a five-minute mystery. Let's go back to July 29th, 1948. This is uh, called No Leg to Stand On. Is heard on NBC. Here's Five Minute Mystery. Another Five Minute Mystery. Doctor, I'm Mike Patterson. It's my father. Is he all right? We'll see, Mike. Where's the car? Just kept going after he got hit. He's all right, isn't he? I'm afraid not, Mike. Your father is dead. But, Mr. Floyd, how can the insurance company be so heartless? Now, don't get me wrong, Mr. Patterson. You'll get the money in time, just as soon as I've heard the story from you and Dr. Warren. And time is not good enough. I don't even have money to bury him decently. I'll be frank with you, Patterson. That's one of the reasons I've been asked to investigate this. You don't mean to say I that... I don't get upset. Just tell me the story as it happened. You'll probably get the money tonight. Let's begin with you, Dr. Warren. Well, there's nothing much I can tell you, Mr. Please, Floyd. Please, doctor, whatever you can. Mike's father was a man of about 65. His left leg was missing. Well, that happened in a railroad crash. It was years ago. He seems to have used a single crutch to help him, judging from the callus on his hand. Is that correct, Mike? Yes, Practically all the time. Where did the automobile hit him, Dr. Warren? Mainly on the right side, from the look of things. That's where the worst damage was done. All right. Mr. Patterson, suppose you tell me what you know about it. Well, we were walking north, facing the traffic on the highway. And the car that hit him was going south. That's right. I particularly noticed the license plate as it approached. It was a Florida car, maybe heading home. What make? I don't know, but it was from Florida. I was helping my dad along, as I always did when he walked on the highway. And this car came along at a terrific speed and swerved towards us. I tried to pull my father off the road, but he couldn't move fast enough. The car hit him with a sickening thud and, and jerked him away from me. That's all I can tell you. Well, I've got the whole story now, I think, from my report. I want to thank you, both of you. This will facilitate action. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I suppose that means that I can get the money soon. Not exactly. That means that you'll go to the electric chair for the murder of your father. <laughs> Why did Mr. Floyd charge Mike Patterson with murder? See if you can find the two flaws in his story. In a moment, you'll hear Mr. Floyd explain. But first...
And now let's see if your observation is as keen as Mr. Floyd's. Let me go. Let me go, I tell you. You can't prove a thing. Mr. Floyd, why did you accuse Mike of murdering his father? Was it simply because he's beneficiary? No, Doctor. There are two things wrong with this story. First, he said his father was hit by a car with Florida license plates in front. Florida hasn't had front license plates in years. But more important, Mike said he was helping his father. Now, if a man's left leg is off, he uses a crutch on that side and is helped on the right side. And if they were facing traffic, Mike would have been on the inside and would have been hit by the car. We suspected what happened when we saw blood on Mike's own car, but now we know. There's five minute Missy. How they deducted that, huh, bro? Oh, brilliant! If you had one leg, it was on the left, and then there was a car on the right. There was blood. Brilliant! And then they would have been hit, and then that's about it. Colombo couldn't even yeah, figure that no one out. No way in a million years. Five minute mystery, July 29th, nineteen forty eight. No leg to stand on is heard on NBC. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All righty. In our next hour, it's a comedy episode of My Friend Irma starring Marie Wilson going back to 1948. And we'll start things out by playing Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. And, bro, I'm going to play short clips from songs, and I'm going to give you a statement, and you have to tell me if that statement is real or if it's ridiculous. Are you up for the challenge? I am. All right. Good answer. Uh, That's all in our next hour. We are, uh, yeah, and we're going to have a fun, a very fun comedy with Marie Wilson. She was great as uh, Irma Peterson and Kathy Lewis as her... um, her uh, friend Jane Stacy. We'll be right back. Stick around. Cable news, noisy, touring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. 